Uh, the ability to really do it all, play offense, play defense, uh, incredible quickness, great endurance. I mean, they really need the full package. And those guys, I mean, Nadal has improved his game, Ron. He's improved his serve. He's improved his backhand slice. He's, you know, he continues to add to his game. And that's, that's really what all the players have to do just to have a chance against those two guys to keep up with them. So it's interesting the way really almost every five years in tennis the bar gets raised by that, those couple of great players. And then you see the younger kids sort of, you know, I'm seeing 17-, 18-year-old kids now sort of playing a Federer type of game. And when Roger came and did it, it was like, wow, you know, who's, no one's played like this for a long time. So it's pretty remarkable what they're doing, still doing, and I think we'll see the repercussions of that over the next decade. Patrick, you know as well as I do that the uh, Williams sisters have taken some heat for maybe not giving full time and attention to their playing tennis, but they've been very successful, and I think that they bring kind of a colorfulness, uh, a well-roundedness to the game that I think is very, very successful both for the image of the game as well as the, the success on the court. Well, they've been huge for tennis. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, kind of, you know, they're phenomenal athletes phenomenal competitors i think i think you're uh, i think one part of what you said is true i think they have taken some heat and i think they both would admit uh when they were being perfectly frank that there were times that tennis maybe wasn't a number one priority but i'll tell you what now into their mid to late 20s you know i think the hunger is still there so i think in a lot of ways it, it reminds me a little bit ron of what andre agassi went through you know he came out burst out of the gates was obviously a tremendous talent went through a sort of period for a few years where, you know, he came, it kind of came in and out. You know, he'd do well, but then he'd lose interest for a few months. And then when he sort of sat back and looked in the mirror and said, you know what, I've got an incredible talent and ability here. Let me try to maximize this for the next five, six years. And that's exactly what he did, you know, up until his mid-30s. So I, I think Venus and Serena can certainly do that as well. As the general manager of player development for the United States Tennis Association, and you take a look at the path that the Williams sisters took, to being so successful, does that mean you have to maybe change your opinion about how you evaluate talent or where maybe you look for it? Usually it comes out of the academies. It may come off the college circuit. But here are two kids that really came off, uh, it, to use the cliche in basketball, the playgrounds. Yeah, no, I, I think you have to look everywhere, Ron. And, I mean, they certainly prove that you can you cannot go the traditional route, meaning playing you know, lots of junior tennis and going. Although I will say they got a lot of help from you know, the Rick Macy's of the world and Boletaries, you know, these are guys that have their own tennis academies. So they did, the father did, was very smart. He searched out people that were experts. He got a lot of information. And the, and the reality is also, Ron, they had each other. You know, so that if it was one of them, it might not have happened because they, they, you, what you do need in tennis is you do need someone at your level to compete against on a regular basis. So no matter how good you are as an athlete, if you don't have that, uh, it's, it's going to be pretty tough to really improve your technique and your, and, your, and your match playing ability. But Venus and Serena obviously had that with each other, so they didn't necessarily need to compete in the traditional aspect, sort of playing a lot of tournaments as kids. But they, were, they certainly got a lot of great information. They were, uh, um, they were helped out by some of the great co- tennis minds, and I think the parents did a, you know, a tremendous job of sort of bringing that all together and allowing them to... Uh, to, to use their ability, but really, to me, there's there's such great athletes, and that's something that um, you know we need to get more of in tennis, both in the men's and women's side. 
Uh, I want to ask you about your college background because uh, I know you were at Stanford and I had a chance to spend some time with Dick Gould, who was your coach on the Stanford tennis team. And that program has been probably the most successful college tennis program uh, in the country. What was it that Dick did with that program that led to the success that he had? Well, I learned a lot from Dick when it comes to managing my, you know, the Davis Cup team that I've been lucky enough to lead for nine years now. And he had a line that he used to this day, which is, you know, in tennis and when you're dealing with the team, you treat everyone fairly, but not necessarily equally. And I thought that was an interesting line because you've, you've got to deal with different personalities and you're dealing with an individual athlete in an individual sport. So, you know, just as an example, if I had a young kid that was just coming up and said, hey, I just want to practice for an hour today, you know, my, my back's a little sore, I probably wouldn't go for that. If Andy Roddick came to me and said, hey, you know, Captain you know, I'm, I've been working pretty hard. My shoulder's a little stiff. I'm only going to hit for an hour. I'd say, yeah, fine, Andy, do whatever you want. You know, so you, you kind of have to ability, that ability to adjust to the individual. And uh, Dick was a great recruiter. I mean, he ran that program really like it was a, like a business way before that happened and way before there were.